Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Science Ready Podcast. I'll be talking to incredible women in science and music. And today, um, I have the um, privilege to talk to an amazing um, researcher and dancer, uh, Merit Moore. She is a ballet dancer and a quantum physicist. She has a PhD in quantum optics and uh, is also a professional ballet dancer that has been dancing with the Zurich Ballet, Boston Ballet, the English National Ballet, and at the same time um, doing her research as well in physics. And aside from that, she's been um, also featured in Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, a book that I very much, I love a lot. So we'll dive into that a bit as well mm. later. And uh, another really exciting um, journey that she's been on is she's been part of the BBC Two Astronauts. So Do You Have What It Takes, which was um, basically a competition to... Um, s- to basically go through a, re- a range of challenges as well to become an astronaut. So, um, so yeah, to just dive in directly to the conversation and go to Merit. Hi, Merit, how are you? Hello, hi. <laughs> hi, yes, uh, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. And um, uh, yeah, My maybe pleasure. for the people that don't know you yet and uh, to complete a bit what I what I told the audience just now about you could you please introduce yourself as well and and tell us a bit what you're doing at this point uh, uh, yeah um, you gave quite a thorough intro but um, yes I just finished my PhD specifically in atomic and laser physics at the University of Oxford in January um, before that I done my undergrad in physics at Harvard and in between the physics, I danced with the companies that you listed. And um, since graduating, I've now been like pursuing dance and physics. So currently I'm in Oslo dancing with the Norwegian National Ballet for their Swan Lakes, opening up in a month. So I'll be here for six weeks. And it's really nice to be back in company and discussing postdoc options and um, projects incorporating dance and physics and VR and a uh, bunch of <laughs> bunch of things. <laughs> okay, no, that's very exciting, um, especially now as well. I guess uh, like being back, as you said, within the company to do like something oh, for so six nice. weeks, uh, f- fully immersed. Um, yeah. uh, and and yeah, so about about your because I've I've been looking at some amazing videos about your work, about your, um, both your physics work, but also your um, ballet and dance work, uh, and then the work that you've done with the astronauts. I was wondering, mm. could you tell us a bit more about l- your journey going in, what, choosing physics, and, yeah. and then uh, combining it with, um, with pursuing a career in dance as well, basically? Yeah, um, I guess... Looking back, it <laughs> it's kind of like a nutty path. I think th- the thing is that I just had these two passions that I could not let go of. I'm, I kind of, if you've seen Ice Age, there's this little squirrel mm-hmm, rat mm-hmm. that like is yeah. always going after his nut. <laughs> and like my two nuts have been physics and dance and I just can't let go of either. So um, yeah, it hasn't been like, I never pre-planned anything, but it, it's mm-hmm. it's just like my passion for both hasn't let me let go of either um yeah as a kid I, I was always into math and puzzles um anything non-verbal mm-hmm. so physics was kind of 
uh, a natural inclination for me. I loved, I loved the puzzles of like, you know, crossing things out and going through the mathematical equations, but then also like the perplexing mysteries that it entailed, like what's dark energy and what's dark matter and what's quantum mechanics and what's superposition, like all of these cool mysteries. And then the fact that, you know, people are building technology, like quantum cryptography and quantum computers, you know, with all of this, with all these, um, uh, you know, these, this new research. Mm -hmm. Um, so that always really fascinated me. And then at dance, I kind of fell into it when I was 13, which was fairly late. Um, I don't know. I, I, looking back, I'm like, Oh, I fell into it because it's another nonverbal activity. Um, (laughs) And it just was, it was just really natural. It's something that I can't let go of. I mean, I've tried to retire from dance so many times because, you know, academia and my parents and family Mm -hmm. will Mm -hmm. say like look if you're really serious about physics you need to quit dancing like 50 hours a week (laughs) or you know 30 hours a week or whatever I was doing um yeah especially at a high level you you have to train a a lot yeah yeah, it's a lot of training Mm -hmm. that you know could be hours that were put into physics but I couldn't I can't let go of it and even now I mean I'm told Merit it's too late you can't do it and I just I can't let go of it. It's just such a um, integral part of me. I think it's it's the one activity that I feel like I can express myself mm-hmm. quite naturally with it, and it's very authentic and it's real. And I mean, I go into a very happy place whenever I'm dancing. Um, if I don't feel the blisters on my toes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not all, not that's not good all the time. Yeah. But um, but I'm, I I guess like even if you like dancing and physics I mean I guess it brings you in a place that basically lifts you up in both places mm-hmm. like when you mm-hmm. do physics and you do dance yeah. at the same time it's it's something yeah can you like how does it motivate you to do both rather than mm-hmm. if you would only do one how would it affect your yeah. work basically yeah so I've I've quit dance um or, and I've retired and I've thrown away the shoes and I've thrown away the mm. leotards and I've been like, okay, I'm now focused on physics. And it, what happens is my grades drop. Mm-hmm. I become like semi-depressed. I, like, I don't, I don't have energy in the morning to wake up and out of bed. I don't, I'm not inspired to finish my homework in an hour. I'm not, I'm not as focused. I don't, as the, uh, even though I love physics, like I need that other mm. part of me to, um, like I need the dance, like that part of it energizes me and and keeps my you know brain cells like awake and Mm -hmm. and just keeps my whole spirit up and also vice versa though I mean if I'm just dancing and not studying something else it's a downward spiral as well because Mm -hmm. you know in in dance we're constantly critiqued by the teachers and we're in front of a mirror so we're constantly critiquing ourselves and Mm -hmm. we're constantly like you know, I mean, I could, you know, like, don't like this about me and don't like that about me. And mm-hmm. like, I'm not turned out and my legs and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so if I'm, if, if there's nothing that's getting me out of that routine, it's just, it's terrible. And I, I can see it amongst dancers who haven't found an outside passion is that then, then they start almost hating themselves and hating being there. And then they get injured. And mm-hmm. I think subconsciously they get injured to get themselves out of situation whereas if I have physics or an exam or something else 
I'm just so happy to be in the dance studio. I'm like, I don't, you know what? I'm not perfect today, but who cares? I'm going to give it my all. Like, I'm going to enjoy the music. I'm going to dance. I'm going to be free. I'm going to just really enjoy this because I know I have to go study for seven hours. So <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to you know, like, just really appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. the moment. And I think it's so important to, if anyone wants to improve and, and become excellent, is just appreciating each each hour and appreciating each moment and trying to give 100%. And so having two passions that are quite different mm -hmm. has been really helpful in making me very grateful to, to be doing the other thing. Because if I'm dancing all the time, oh, man, at the end of the day, I'm like, at, a, at the end of a nutcracker season, I'm crawling out just being like, I can't wait to just lot, sit in the library for hours. <laughs> like, that's all I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's both very intense. It's 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 two very different worlds, but it's both very intensive in their own ways. And and yeah, yeah it's it's interesting to have complementary passions in in terms of mm -hmm. going forward. And so, when when like when going into your your uh, style as a as a dancer, for example. Like, do you take any, because you've studied physics, obviously, and mm -hmm. so movement is a very big part of, of yeah. physics and, okay, you went into quantum mechanics afterwards, but I guess, do you take what you study of, or what you've studied as a physicist within how you dance as a dancer as well? Mm, a good question. So at first I didn't think so. Um Until I saw, there was a video that went viral showing the physics of a fuerte turn. Mm -hmm. And it talked about the angular momentum and, and torque and center of mass. And I, and I was just looking at it like, but duh, like, of course, you know, of course I'm thinking about that. But I didn't realize, mm -hmm. because actually I had studied that 10 years before, I didn't realize that we had become such an integral part of what I think about and I do realize that, yeah, I because I'll visualize the combination. Um, so in a dance class, they'll show the combination. And I kind of visualize it in my head. I visualize what my body's doing. And, and um, I realize I do. I visualize where my center of mass needs to be. And I visualize, you know, the it, it, your body is a system of levers and pulleys. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, yeah, I can, I do. I see exactly where my weight needs to be in order to get the most explosive jump, in order to get the most turns, um, you know, which way I need to be pivoting and, and you know, where where the I'm getting air friction if with my um, arms and my body. So it, it's, I just didn't realize, but um, nowadays I'm like, oh, you know what, actually... It's such a big part of why I can take a year off of dance mm -hmm. and then come in and and quickly, um, you know, improve and quickly get back to where I was. Yeah, 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 but yeah, you need to know your body hundred percent as well. Of, yeah, and and just how it works, like mm -hmm. how to optimize, how you know where my weight needs to be be to get my leg up and yeah, to, yeah. to keep it turned out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, very very cool. Um, so to go maybe a bit into into depth of your ballet dancing as well and linking it to music when you do when you because every every ballet sequence that you do you do it normally dancing to music and I was wondering like what it means to you the music that you dance to and also mm. what an impact it has on how you move basically and then yeah whether you would choose certain music 
uh, mm. genres rather than others as well. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the pianist makes such a big difference. Like if you've got a pianist who's playing with passion, woo, I mean, my dancing improves significantly. Okay. I mean, for me, the music is 90% of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually would prefer to do ballet class to like pop music and, <laughs> okay. and just, uh, you know, I think it gives a little bit more rhythm and dynamic. So yeah. if I, when I, when I, sometimes I'll give workshops and I always teach to pop music. And when I give myself a class, I'll do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or just a variety of, of different kind of music rather than just classical. Yeah, um, I mean, classical is lovely and, and it pulls, you know, my heart, but I think a mix is great. And mm-hmm. I mean, I do, <laughs> I mean, I, I was rehearsing the key tree variation, Don Q variation, and I was, I just got sick of the music because it's the same, you know, you have to play it on repeat. So I just, I started doing it to Bieber. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's no, I mean, I just, something else, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's, I, I guess you, you have, as long as you have kind of a good music rhythm mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, it keeps you motivated as well, obviously, to keep dancing. Yeah. So, so Bieber, okay. I, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just an example. Of yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> what had the right tempo for the, for, I needed something that was like, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Okay. So but, somehow it worked. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, I think that's great. I mean, you, that, that, because yeah, when, when you often go to ballet as well, you would, you would mostly see either, it depends if it's like contemporary ballet, it can be more upbeat but usually it's a classical version of music that you would see mm-hmm. so it's great to hear that yeah you yeah i mean any music yeah. i i love yeah okay. and or any type of dance as well like i love salsa i love hip-hop i love um tango like i think it's so important i do chai you know i'll do tai chi sometimes just to change it up mm-hmm. i think you learn so much from different styles um And different inspiration. Otherwise, it gets dry, I think. And and it looks like if you just stick thing, I think it just looks dry yeah. and boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess you you bring combination or like inspiration from the other dances into mm-hmm. your your ballet as well. I'm sure mm-hmm. if you dance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it just keeps it exciting. Okay. No, very, very, very interesting. Uh, so. When you when you just told me about that you give classes as well, um, mm-hmm. can you is it like for kids or is it for adults that you teach? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I I've done it sometimes. So a workshop for I would say it's mostly been kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what age range? I yeah. know it's been a mix of like ten to eighteen that I've done. Um. I don't know I gave a workshop like class in Hong Kong and LA and UK um, and Montana um, and yeah I, I mean I just try to I think when I when I teach mm-hmm. you know I'll give tips on on some technique but I think uh, a lot of the times what's lacking nowadays is the is the passion and the personality and the individual out individuality of each little of the dancers um 
You mean which is what? Oh yes, yeah, so, when they're dancing, mm-hmm. you know, there's all this pressure to have the perfect technique. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's dance is an art form. Like it's you want to see some, you want to see personality, you mm-hmm. want to see someone's passion, um, and it's a bit robotic, I think. So I, when I give workshops, I that's what I emphasize. Okay. Is, so yeah. like really well. Um, um, uh, inspiration or um, uh, I forgot the word now uh, basically improv- improvisation to while you dance yeah, for example you. you yeah okay yeah and I mean I had a teacher I mean I I decided to quit dance at 15 but then I I ran uh, found a teacher when I did a school year abroad in Italy um, when I was 16 called it and her name was Irina And she just told me, she was like, look, if you go to an audition, everyone's going to be looking perfect. Everyone's going to have great technique. Everyone's going to be, you know, have the perfect turns. And they've all been training since they were six. She's like, look, you got to tap into your own, like, your own individual self and your own uniqueness. And that's what's going to give you strength. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you really figure out what what makes you unique and different, that's something that no one can can compete with and i think that's also a lesson that's really great for outside of the dance studio because nowadays i think you know especially amongst girls and guys as well it's like there's all this pressure to be this perfect stereotype like this mm-hmm. perfect um you know like the perfect hair like they you know there's this everyone's trying to be the kardashians or whatever it is mm-hmm. and and actually taking a step back and saying look you know what You're just, there's no way to compete or there's no way to be the same as someone else and, and have strength. Like mm-hmm. you got to just own up to what you are and what you're born with and what you have to give to the table and just really, you know, be confident in that. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's absolutely great. Uh, I, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, so when you, when you mentioned that you, you taught girls from the age of 10, for example, mm-hmm. Did you already, I mean, were they very confident or did you see things change when, for example, the age range would go a bit up or, um, oh. because I, I've been mentoring myself for kids mm. that have been like seven and eight year olds. Yeah. But then there seems to be like a time like around 11, maybe 10 to 12, that suddenly they're, in the beginning seven and eight everything is possible they can be anything they yeah. want to be but then suddenly there's like no actually no that's probably not for me or kind of the yeah, yeah. something changes and i was i, I see that as well yeah. mm-hmm. no okay. i see it as well i think what happens is we become too smart at that age like mm-hmm. we become very perceptive of everything around us we're like oh um yeah yeah okay, okay. yeah i mean I, but I do notice that as well. I mean, I saw, I noticed it in myself and mm-hmm. I think, uh, that's why I always tell myself, I'm like, no, oh, keep the kid mentality. Just stay kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the best. <laughs> just make a fool of yourself. You know? like, <laughs> and just reminding, um, yeah. And I tell them, I say, look, like the purpose of life is to make a fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like your goal should be to like put yourself out there to make a fool of yourself. And that's when you've done well. Otherwise there's all this emphasis of being perfect and I'm like it's too much pressure yeah to be perfect and to have everything correct and being like yeah absolutely yeah I don't know mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd be fascinated to discuss that more because I think it's such a 
that age range, right? Eight to 12 is such a big difference. And yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to, I don't know what, yeah, I'm not really sure. No, I mean, we can, we can maybe talk a bit about your yeah. contribution to the book then, because that is for mm-hmm. an age range that is for smaller kids, basically, yeah. like the Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. I mean, I mm-hmm. love the concept of the book and I've recommended it to many, many mm-hmm. people that I um, know have kids. And I was wondering, can you tell me a bit like how, one, how did you get involved with the project and, and why do you think it's important? As for like really young girls, like following our conversation just now, to mm. to be a part of such a project, yeah, yeah. Oh well, I have <laughs> no idea how I ended up in this book. Okay. But I am thoroughly <laughs> please. Yeah, they just I got an email. Uh, I was writing my thesis, so I, mm-hmm. I I couldn't. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, saying, oh, can we put you in this book? And I was like, sure. I was just saying yes to everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that that meant being next to Oprah and J.K. Rowling and Angela Merkel and, <laughs> and Beyonce. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, Sophia Lorette. I was like, oh my goodness. When it came out, I was like, what? <laughs> oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, and I went and I went to meet the authors um, who, because they were doing a uh, book signing in Oxford. Mm-hmm. And it was so incredible meeting them because they're young 30s, they self-published this book, they had a vision, and they went with it. And I I was I was pretty much in tears actually hearing their story and 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 just realizing what a big impact it was having on the kids and and also like there are a couple of young adults who are there um who were saying you know they had bought it for themselves because it was just such a um inspiration to read these stories and gave them hope because they had come from um environments that had pretty limiting beliefs and Mm. this just opened their eyes um to all the possibilities Mm. and i yeah and i I, it's such a phenomenal um project that they've and success Mm -hmm. and it's so important. Um, when I grew up, I wasn't allowed fairy tales in the house, actually. My dad um, changed all the endings so that it was like... Oh, was, yeah. It, yeah, all the stories had like... A princess. A oh, that's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Prince Charming would come and we'd have to... He'd ask us, like my sister and I, to marry Prince Charming and we'd have to say, no, you have to meet my father first. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, oh, that's, that's, yeah, because I mean, all the, it's true, all the fairy tales, they, I mean, they end up ending by a princess or a woman getting saved by a prince. Um, yeah. yeah, and he was like, no, girls, okay, so princess saves princess, princess saves herself, and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And yeah. those were, yeah, he just changed it, because it, it is true, it's like, mm-hmm. or they have no voice, or like, literally, you know, yeah. they were, it's just yeah okay okay that's that's, that's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah no I, I that's that's i mean it's a very important kind of um well thing to educate young kids especially young girls that mm-hmm. that they can they can be whoever way they want to be and yeah. that they don't depend on on anyone's authorization uh going exactly. forward yeah yeah and um so then about like when about the BBC show so that was mm-hmm. another question that I had and and because 
actually, I had when I was growing up, I mm-hmm. I I was. We had a Belgian astronaut that wanted to go. That was actually that went to space, and and so there was like a lot of uh, buzz at the time when I was growing up, and so I wanted to be an astronaut mm. as well. So uh, now I'm not able to go anymore, but uh, but that's very very fascinating. And so I I will want to hear everything kind of about how it was to go one through the selection, the initial selection, mm-hmm. and then how it was to really go through the program, the end, the challenges mm-hmm. and. And how also your physics uh, background and dance backgrounds basically helped you within the selection mm-hmm. process and then the challenges that you had to go through? Yeah, so I found out about this um, in December and I had applied right away because it was just like, what? They're going to select 12 to go under astronaut selection process? Yes, please sign me up. And um, But I didn't hear anything for three months. And so I was like, oh, bummer. And... Um, but then all of a sudden it was like we had to do interviews and, and physical tests and psychological tests and and um, it was just and then they let us know and they're like okay in nine days we're starting filming you you we take away your phone your computer you know you're you're either going to be gone for two days or a full month just get ready let's go. Um, and so I had to beg my physics department to extend my thesis because my thesis was due the next month. And, oh, yeah. um, and they were incredibly supportive. And I went off not having a clue what was in store. And it was, I mean, it was, it was full on. I've never experienced um, anything with that much pressure because we're mic'd up. We have video cam, we have like a film crew in our face 24 like all the time we're asked we're being interviewed all the time we have during our downtime we have these iq tests and and then they said like the first day for instance um like oh we'll get you guys used to being in front of the camera like we know because they selected a bunch of all of us had phds or or masters and were athletic so there was someone Mm -hmm. from the bobsled um, GB Olympic team and we had like RAF uh, fighter pilots and and we had marathon runners and none of us had ever been in on front of a camera before so they're like oh we'll get you guys used to it and so to like ease us into it they like throw us into a helicopter one by one for us to like hover <laughs> five meters above the ground I was like this is this is it's not easing into it <laughs> um, and I mean that was but at that moment, when I got into the helicopter, I was like, this is incredible. This is what I, I mm-hmm. love. I love the adrenaline rush. I love the challenges. Um, it was very much, uh, as a dancer, I think it was really helpful because we're thrown on stage all the time mm-hmm. in a different spot. Something goes wrong. A light bulb bursts. Like, you know, costumes missing. Someone slips. Like, you constantly have to... Um, you know, things are going wrong and, and adapt. You deal with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to adapt to it right away and and just make sure that the, you know, and go through it, go through with it at the best of your abilities. Mm-hmm. And so that I think was very helpful because then we'd get through, we had no idea what was coming. That was the most nerve wracking thing was waking up in the morning and being like, I have no idea if they're going to ask me to run 24 miles or... <laughs> 
like take my own blood or like drown or well, you know you just had no idea yeah, yeah and so you know some of the tasks we had to take you know take our own blood we had a we were in a capsule that would get dunked underwater we had to like unbuckle ourselves and break open the window and scramble out and it was just wow yeah it was oh we had to sit in a capsule and count to 20 minutes but without any way of keeping track of the time and yeah, yeah. black little bubble and I mean, it, like, we got to drive the Mars rover and all of this stuff. And, yeah, the, I mean, and also as an experimentalist, as a physicist, mm-hmm. you know, I was just used to, like, trying and giving it a go. And, yeah. And just, um, you just got to, tr- you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, and uh, the nerve-wracking uh, thing is they, they film the first time and you're like, oh, well, that's going on national television. <laughs> like, <laughs> No second try. Hello. Oh, well. <laughs> no, yeah, well, <laughs> it's true. It's, I mean, I'm an experimental scientist as well, and it's true. You mm. have that thing, and you're like, yeah, well, it, if it doesn't work now, let's try it again. And but, uh, but I guess yeah, when you're locked into like um, I don't know, like these boxes underwater or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't get a second try. No. You're like, oh no. well, I wish. I... Yeah. So that that was the hard part. I'm also, you know, as a scientist or. Um, dancer, like I train years for performance. Mm-hmm. I train years, you know, to study for an exam, and then you now is like, uh, you don't. Okay, you first try. <laughs> Here we go. We're gonna film it. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess I, so. It was it was an a, an amazing experience to go through. Are you still pursuing something like this in the future or is this like this was kind of a thing that you tried um to go through the selection but would it be something that you would have in mind for the future to be an astronaut I I continued I realized during the process like Mm -hmm. the skills that I need to work on or is like the piloting skills so I started piloting lessons oh nice and yeah in a in a little Cessna and then um, so going to continue that and, um, on my list, which I haven't really started is to learn Russian. Okay. Because in order to go up in the Soyuz, you need to learn Russian. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the Chris Hadfield, the astronaut said, oh, you don't need to necessarily know Russian. You need to know another language. Um, so I know another language, but I think it'd be good if I knew Russian as well. And, mm-hmm. um, and not. Yeah, so right now I'm 30 and I'm thinking, you know, mid-30s, late-30s is when I would probably, um, like, around 35, I'll probably up my training Mm -hmm. specifically to be an astronaut and then apply, like, 38. Um, I don't know, that's, that's the... That's the game That's plan the, right now. Okay. No, <laughs> but it changes It's very exciting. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, life is... Yeah. It's <laughs> it moving you know. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a... But I have rough rough game plans and then yeah, it changes, yeah. it changes. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, abso- absolutely. I mean, but, but you still, yeah, if you want to do it, you have to, as you said, prepare yeah, and train for it to, to get to the point that mm-hmm. then apply for for uh, joining, mm-hmm. joining a crew to go to space. Yeah. Um, so so yeah okay really exciting um, so coming back to um, be- because I mean you've you have an amazing journey and I love the fact that you've you have this science background you have this very creative background and then you um, you also try uh, and thrive a lot of uh, 
like try a lot of new things as well, both, mm -hmm. both in science, both in, in, in the creative space. And uh, I saw that you were involved in, in, um, in, in new projects, basically, or had been mm -hmm. involved and still are involved in, in projects that are combining science and arts going mm -hmm. forward and I was wondering um, because I also work in virtual reality I was oh, wondering cool. whether you could tell me a bit more about the project that you did like um, zero uh, what was it again uh, zero point zero points uh, virtual reality experience yeah. that was in the Barbican and then your other work that you did um, as well uh, for example mm -hmm. within the VNA with the robotics yeah. Um, yeah um it's been really fun this year it's like the first year where I've actually been able to fuse the two together. Yeah. Um, just because, I, I mean, I, I, I want to keep both very, I want to keep both at a very excellent level. And I, I sometimes worried, like, oh, if I combine it, I'll just, you know, make both the dance and the physics bad. Um, but there, there have been these amazing opportunities. So I had auditioned as a dancer at, um, for 0.5 years ago with a choreographer, incredible choreographer, director called Darren Johnston. And I was dancing in his piece, which he had been inspired by very like Japanese meditative um, Zen um, type of quality. And he had called this piece called Zero Point, which was we were performing at the Barbican. And we started having a discussion because I I had mentioned to him I was like you know zero point is like this really cool phenomena in physics where you know you think you're in total vacuum you take mm -hmm. out everything but there's always this underlying energy mm -hmm. and he was like whoa really because that's exactly what I'm trying to explore you know through this like meditative process is like just making it very minimalistic but still there's this really like underlying energy that kind of you can you can that's very tangible and so it just led to this fight we still collaborate all the time and and so then Barbican asked for him to come back with his production and this time we also included this VR project where we probed you know he visually he took it from a from you know the the ideas that he had first come with and then I, I came in with some of the um, physics ideas. Mm -hmm. And so we made these really, um, you put on the goggles and you enter the, and you can enter these different worlds, these different um, spaces. And so it's that, a 360 experience, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Okay. And um, so if you didn't want the physics and you just wanted to enjoy an incredibly aesthetic, beautiful um, experience, I mean, you could go through it without even knowing that there was physics involved. Um, what I what I did was that, like, for instance, I, my intention was to make the quantum mechanics more intuitive. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we have to teach it and say, okay, so it doesn't happen on our level. But if you can imagine it, like, at a very small scale, it's this phenomenon that happens. But it's just very hard to make it, um, like, like, because uh, we just don't experience it mm -hmm. on our scale. Mm -hmm. So, uh, friends, a uh, short example is in one of the rooms, you need to exit to go to the next room, and uh, the task is to have the rock fall to the ground. 
Yeah, yeah. People yeah. people just stare at the rock, like trying to make it to fall, and and uh, and they get bored and they look away. And, and by looking away, the rocks starts to slowly fall because in quantum mechanics, there's this whole property that if you observe something, you make it stop. Mm-hmm. But if you you're not observing it, it will uh, evolve in time. So it, it was just like um little bit you know the whole purpose is to kind of create curiosity and inspiration for people to you know think about it and come up with their own ideas and and images for what and questions for what might be going on yeah yeah i mean that that is i i i read about the rock and i i thought it was very yeah a smart way to incorporate that and, and have people I guess, like you say, not everybody might think about it, but if, if someone realizes, then to have them think about it is a very it's a great way to com- to just teach people about uh, certain concepts. Um, I mean, uh, will you continue working on certain like exploring VR as um, yeah, like for your physics and art? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was just at Bristol. There's an incredible group there, and. Um, what fascinates me about this group is they're really pushing physics research mm-hmm. through VR. So everything that I've I've done has been like kind of ex- using physics concept as a beautiful um, uh, inspiration for a lot of the art. But what they're doing is they're actually pursuing new physics research mm-hmm. with VR. And and dance and so yeah we're we're right now discussing projects and possibilities um because that's I mean that's my ultimate I would love to really pursue physics and like publish papers mm-hmm. but through art yeah through through dance and just um, do it a different way and say yeah actually you can you know you can explore re- and discover really great things through a very creative, different form. Yeah, yeah. Is that at the University of Bristol or the v- Bristol VR mm-hmm. Lab? Uh, University of Bristol. University of Bristol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, very... Yeah, very interesting. No, I, I, I mean, absolutely, I think VR has, has tremendous potential in uh, exploring yeah. new new ways of, of, of doing a lot of things, doing training, doing uh, new research. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's great because I didn't know. I'll, I'll definitely have a look at the at their yeah. group as well to to explore that a bit and then so 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 like going forward would that basically uh, I guess like you said that would be kind of your ideal career path where you would explore well mm-hmm. both continue physics and and basically dance and, and combine mm-hmm. it in one um, rather than then I mean the the science and the art projects that you've done with the VNA, for example. I guess those are kind of projects that you would do like on the side in a way, or yeah, or or explore more. Yeah, um, it's a it's been an interesting couple of months, I would say, because uh, it's like the first time where I'm not tied down to mm-hmm. being in one location. Yeah. Or or just physics or dance, yeah, um, yeah. And so it's it's been quite a roller coaster of everywhere and everything, <laughs> and and um, you know, right now I'm at the Norwegian National Ballet doing yeah. Swan Lake, and yeah, yeah. Uh, after the six weeks and the ten shows, 
yeah, I, I think I'm doing more physics stuff or it's kind of what comes. I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm like, the universe will tell me where to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's a good, you know, I, yeah. sorry, sorry, please. I mean, you know, I, I just, I put myself out there, but then things kind of tell me where to go. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Sure. I think it's a great place to be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's time to try a lot of things and explore and, and, and yeah, having an attitude that, sure, I mean, like you said, you said yes to everything that came to you <laughs> at some yeah. point. And, and in a way, it's great because you can explore and try a lot of things and do, do great projects as well at the same time as developing new skills in certain areas. So, um, so, yeah. so yeah. As long as I don't, it's juggling a lot. It's definitely sure. Oh sure. Oh, you still it's have okay to sleep. Until, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so far, I haven't like dropped too many balls. I think I'm just like, oh, let's see how many I can keep up in the air. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, do you do you just have fun? Exactly. But do you sometimes because obviously when you dance, um, or when you do your physics, I mean, sleep is a very important part of of life yeah. and and being rested. Do you sometimes worry about? Like when you dance on a high level, obviously you need to be focused. Your focus has to be incredibly mm-hmm. on point um, yeah. all the time. Um, but I guess that's part of the journey. That's a great. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and and now when I was younger, I didn't sleep, and that was just stupid. <laughs> okay. I realized looking back, I was like, oh my god, the hours that I spent trying to learn something that could have taken me ten minutes if I actually slept. It's like, <laughs> like it's just. So I sleep now and, and I have the minute, I, I just, I give it my best. Yeah, yeah. And if I can't, like, I don't know, like, for instance, my emails get, sometimes it's just like too much. And I, and I just, I'm like, I can't do it now. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Um, and there's some things that I can do and some things I can't. And, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I just give as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and be, and do the things you love uh, as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, so what what would be your advice to to anyone out there that actually just want has has these equal passions, like two mm-hmm. passions in two very different fields, like non combined in one job? Like how what would you be your advice also to young girls, basically, mm-hmm. um, if they want to go both in scientific and and artistic careers or yeah. Yeah. How, um, I would say, I mean, I, I think it's said over and over again, mm-hmm. um, but really that, um, like, if you're passionate about something and enjoying it, like, every little improvement, every little bit of work mm-hmm. pays off at the end. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that um, is really... Uh, I would say it's very hard to, it's very easy to doubt that when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the hardest part when I, when I was, you know, especially at college. I was just like hours and hours dance, you know, training and physics and being like, I don't even know if I'm going to get into grad school. I don't even know if I'm going to get into a company, like all this work. I don't know if it's going to pay off. And, and just knowing that it, it does pay off and, um, but, but for instance, I've trained for auditions and not gotten it, mm-hmm. you know, gotten down to the, like the last, you know, five and not gotten it. But 
But then the next, you know, the next week there's a pop-up audition that I do get. Like, yeah, yeah. so all the work that was for the thing that didn't work out, you know, it builds up mm -hmm. and helps you get to the next level. And that the main thing is just getting, um, for anyone to succeed is, is figuring out a way to mentally get through the plateaus and the times when you feel like you're not improving to just get through it. Mm -hmm. Because inevitably you will improve. And so um, I believe that having two passions helps that because when one is when your one path is going through a plateau, your other passion, you know, it, it normally is like, you know, you're improving in that. And so yeah, yeah. you just forget you or you just ignore the times when it's a plateau for one of them and, and it gets you through. Um, that's and, and that's inevitably to be successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean that's great. That's I think I think that's exactly what life is also in general. But but I like that you compared it between plateaus is having something that actually forgets you that you have another kind of um, plateau where you're not maybe advancing as you want, but actually the other thing just keeps you going and you can keep improving. And every small experience that you do is an experience in life. So yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm a big believer in like conservation of energy, mm -hmm. like you know, yeah, there's the physics law, but also like emotional energy and, and, um, you know, I, one could spend a lot of energy complaining or mm -hmm. thinking that, oh, I didn't get this because so-and-so or like, I, I, I see it a bit. Um, and I just think, man, if you're only given finite amount of energy, like don't waste it on that. Just mm -hmm. if something happened, it happened. And, and just think, use the energy to kind of problem solve and figure out how it's going to help the next situation mm -hmm. or, or to push forward. Um, otherwise you're just wasting it on the past and then how, how are you going to have energy to improve? That's uh, yeah, absolutely. The, mm. That is the best <laughs> advice, <laughs> advice you can give to anyone in life. I think is, is, is true. I mean, life is too short to, um, yeah, to be complaining all the time and, and just, yeah. yeah, continue with the things that you have. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, very interesting. Maybe a final, um, final question is around that I would have, because you, obviously you work within the two fields of both science and, and art and mm -hmm. um, creative spaces. What are, like, what are your views within those two uh, spaces on like, um, diversity and inclusivity that exists within the space mm. um so i was wondering whether you could give some some in, like thoughts there what your thoughts are yeah um okay so in physics definitely there's there are not enough girls in physics or women and it's been this way for a very long time um and there are now women in physics groups and they're now all these things and it's and the the numbers aren't really changing um And I don't know, I don't have the perfect solution, but from my personal experience, I think it's, it's just so dry how it's taught, like mm -hmm. physics, man, like it's, why, why pulleys and ramps in the yeah, first, yeah. like just, and, and it's just like, I mean, also it's like, there's an, there must be an app for this, like why, <laughs> why? it's just. But I think if they were able to teach it and just make it more mm. creative and, and um, collaborative, I think especially for girls, 
uh, instead of being so isolated. So you're like with a book having all of these questions about like why, you know, that aren't getting answered. It's just really mm-hmm. frustrating. Um, but if it was more collaborative and creative and, and tapping into like my, my favorite example is Einstein. And yeah. he, when he discovered special relativity and he visualized himself as a light particle going along a light beam, like that type of imagination mm-hmm. is what for me physics is all about. So having, you know, people tap into that and, and making it more creative. Like for instance, I did a, a dance, it's called Dancer PhD. It's this competition. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where you like dance about your research. And while I was doing it, I learned so much more about the topic I'd been studying for four years mm-hmm. than reading 20 scientific articles because in the process I was like, so what, so I've been writing out this equation of how parametric downconversion happens, like, for the past four years. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so does that happen at the beginning? But I actually don't have a picture of what – so is this happening at the beginning of the crystal or the middle or the end? But if it happens at the beginning, so what – you know, it was like all of these questions came up when I was was creating this project. Um, They could just – I think, you know, we just – broaden the range of type of people in physics not Mm -hmm. just women in physics but also just in general yeah in general like you don't get very many like stereotypical jocks Mm -hmm. in physics you Mm -hmm. don't you get like a very specific type Mm -hmm. and i think just uh creating like just broadening that would just bring in just a lot more you know different ideas and yeah yeah. better research (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically put put education on its head mm-hmm. <laughs> for once. No, but I I completely agree. I think uh, yeah, a lot of science education in particular, it's so dry that just gets gets they tune out. They don't want to do it, and they think everything around that in the future will be like that. So mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, that is that is absolutely uh, the way forward. I think as well is to to boost that creativity. So, mm-hmm. um, so maybe to end on that, so now you'll be, um, six weeks within, uh, the company and mm-hmm. then, then it's really like exploration time. Will you, will you go back to, do you have an, uh, like a location in mind already where you want to go to, or is it more? Uh, yeah, all my stuff is in London. So I'm based yeah. in London. Yeah, yeah. I'll be doing, I do like speaking gigs and, um, I'll probably, I'll go back uh, we've already arranged dates to go back with Bristol um, to collaborate, and then uh, I've got a gala performance, and yeah, so it's a mishmash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there. I don't. Yeah, I don't exactly know all the specifics of everything, but no. yeah, <laughs> it sounds. It sounds. It sounds we'll very exciting. Absolutely, we'll absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's so. When, when I finished my PhD as well, and initially it was like, and now, uh, yeah, well, let's it's see. A little scary. Yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah, it's, like, a little no, scary. it's a little I've scary. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> and then it was like, uh, okay, actually, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but no, so, but that doesn't last the scary thing. And then a lot of amazing <laughs> things happen, so that's really great. Um, so maybe, maybe you can start in the... Um, in the with the quick fire quiz now and I was yeah. wondering whether you could tell me um 
what your favorite invention is and why. Yeah. Oh, uh, transistor for sure. Uh, okay. Um, fact that you know they were making computers out of vacuum mm -hmm. tubes that were like the size of buildings and that uh like the term that your computer has a bug was actually because there would be like a big moth in the vacuum tube and um and then there's the you know invention of the transistor and then everything became a, a laptop computers yeah, and yeah, yeah all these things whereas i think right now what's exciting is uh startups and 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 businesses are, are trying to push for quantum computers mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, research. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, they're trying to, right now what they're missing is sort of the quantum computer equivalent to a transistor, which will then make everything, um, so you fast. will be able to scale it up. Yeah. Because yeah. right now it's just, you know, we're using these huge dilution fridges mm -hmm. per qubit and it's just not very... Um, practical to scale up but you know there's i'm sure in the next couple of years there's going to be like a quantum computer transistor equivalent that's going to make it all very exciting yeah, in the yeah. quantum technology realm yeah yeah okay very very interesting and and then um are you are you currently reading something for the moment or is that yeah, yeah. it can be everything anything really yeah. I'm loving popular science books. Okay. Because like during the PhD, all I could have time for it was like the technical yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, journals and articles on like parametric down conversion. Um, so now I'm reading uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Okay. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I like listen to it while I'm stretching and doing my ballet bar in the morning. Okay. Um, so you use uh, I, yeah. the audiobooks as yeah. well. <laughs> I, I, I'm a I big love, yeah. audiobook. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the only way I can actually read or have time for books. Yeah. Yes, same here. Same here. I that's how I uh, I read books nowadays. Yeah. Really. So um, and then an album or a song that has impacted you in some way and how 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 it impacted you basically. Um. Yeah. So every night, my dad would, uh, we would sing. Okay. Um, I mean, we're all terrible singers, so it's like, <laughs> I mean, it would make our dogs howl. But uh, <laughs> one of the songs was, I rode through a desert with a horse with no name. And okay. yeah. it's kind of, it, it resonates with me very much now because I'm such a, a nomad and a wandering spirit and, um, yeah, it's I'm I'm very much a traveler at the moment, mm -hmm. and I feel yeah. like I'm on a horse with no name, going who knows where. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so. It's a great song, by the way, as well. So yeah. okay, very very nice. Um, and then. But he taught us all the wrong lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay as long as the song, as as you have fun while doing it. That's the most important yeah. thing, I think. So. <laughs> Um, and then, um, as you as as you're both a dancer and a scientist, uh, can you like recommend the work that people should definitely look into, of either a female scientist and or a female dancer, and and why why her specifically? Yeah, so a contemporary female scientist who I love is Suchitra Seba um, Sebastian at Cambridge. Okay, and she's a good good friend and such an inspiration. Um, 
I love, I think her work is great. She works with these superconducting magnets and, and her journey is really interesting because she, she wasn't going to be a physicist. She went to business school. Mm -hmm. She had a totally different job. And then, um, and then was like, actually, I like it. I'm going to try it. But if I stop liking it, I'm going to quit. But she's so successful and just, um, she goes where, her heart and mind takes her. And mm -hmm. so I love following her path and keeping up to date with her. Um, and she's at, at the university of Cambridge. Okay. And then in terms of, um, for, for dance, I think, I mean, so Sylvie Guillem is a legend who has always been an inspiration for me mm -hmm. and pretty much like the stereotypical inspiration for all, all, dancers um but I, I love how she was known like at the royal ballet she was called mademoiselle no because she was so stubborn about you know being a free spirit and mm -hmm. being in in control of her own life and her own destiny and um she wasn't just a wheel on a bus she you know she was in control of her own life and and um and she was a true artist. And so she's always kind of my go-to inspiration. That's, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, how, is she, is she still dancing or is, has she? Yeah, she's like, she's mid fifties. Okay. I, I saw her perform just a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was incredible. It was like just the strength and the artistry and And what she brings to the table. She's mm -hmm. such a perfectionist. Um, or I would, I would call her an excellentist. Like she she really gives her everything to every performance. Um, and and she's just an incredible, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just incredible. Phenomenal artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any last comments for the audience or last, mm. like, advice? Uh, um. No, but if anyone has questions, like feel free to mm -hmm. message me. Um, I'm physics on point with an E on Instagram and Twitter and got a website with a, a comment yeah. page. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm open to questions, suggestions, anything. <laughs> All right, very good. No, I'll definitely, I'll add everything, uh, the links to the show notes cool. so people can find you and, and they can yeah. get in touch with you. And yeah, and I'm quite receptive on my reply. Okay, very good. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank you so much for being on on uh, on the show as well. I know you're very busy, and um, and yeah, I mean, I wish you all the best with the the ballet now as well, the the Swan Lake in in Norway. So that yeah. that will be an amazing experience, and everything else afterwards as well. And when you're back in London, um drop me a line and we'll grab a coffee as well so oh that'd be great yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> very good um, all right but thanks so much and i'll talk to you soon hopefully then yeah thank you all right bye everyone bye bye